What is the best way to choose a contractor to come in and do work in your home or on your project? Tough question, but we have the right man for the job this week to answer it on the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. Jody Perpolitz, a well-known plumber in Saskatoon, is going to come on and help us understand what we should be looking for when we have tradespeople come into our home to do work. Hope you enjoy. This is the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast, the show that highlights Saskatchewan real estate. Looking to buy your first house, your next investment property? Subscribe to never miss an episode. Here's your host, Ron Caroni. Hello and welcome back to the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Caroni. Here on the podcast, every single week, we love to touch on things about Saskatchewan real estate and helping Saskatchewan homeowners better understand their house. If you're looking for more information just like this, do us a favor, hit the like and subscribe button. And to help me today to discuss a really important topic that I think a lot of homeowners struggle with, I have Jody Perpolitz. He is the owner and operator of Shoreline Plumbing and Heating here in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. A really good friend. I've known Jody for around two years, and I can say one of the best tradies that I know. And I thought it would be great, Jody, to sit down and have a discussion about how to choose the right tradesperson. So first off, thank you so much for, for coming and doing the interview today. Thanks very much for having me, Ron. Excited to uh, to take part in this. Excellent. Me. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of how someone is going to find the perfect tradesperson, let's get into a little bit of your extensive background. So just tell us about a little bit about yourself, Jody, and Shoreline Plumbing and Heating. Okay. Um, I got started actually in Saskatoon. Um, it would have been uh, 2003 we actually started here and I operated here for uh, on my own um, for about four or five years um, as far as running the business was concerned. Um, and then we moved up to uh, Good Soil, Saskatchewan, and um, I operated my business up there. And uh, we ran up there for about 13 years. And uh, in 2019, we moved back uh, to Saskatoon, uh, just age of kids and stuff like that. Um, so we ended up back in Saskatoon here. And I've, uh, I'm a second generation plumber. So I started with family when I was 13. So I'm over 30 years now in, in uh, the mechanical industry. So um, so yeah, I kind of stuck with it, enjoyed it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's, that's about it. Awesome. As the kids would say, you've done and seen it all. I'm, I'm sure there's not too many things that you haven't come across in your, in your time in the plumbing industry. Well, you run into things. There's still <laughs> surprises. It's, it's a learning process every day. It's like any other business. Awesome. What I really wanted to go over today, Jody, is to give the the average person uh, some knowledge and some weapons that they can take into their their home renovation process, and and really kind of go over what someone should be looking for when we are hiring a tradesperson. So not specifically like a plumber or electrician, but some some general guidelines that someone can look at when you're inviting someone to to do something in your house. So let's start it off with can you list off a few of the things that you should watch out for that signals that you're dealing with an unprofessional tradesperson or, or maybe the wrong person for your job? Well, I think a lot of times you can tell if people are professional right out of the gate. If they don't carry themselves well, a lot of times, um, you know, I, I would say be cautious. Usually people have a pretty good sense. Um, I think um, the best thing with tradesmen, um, I would say if, if someone is insisting on being paid cash, that's a red flag. Um, always be cautious with people that are looking to uh, be paid 
cash for something. And I think that's kind of across the board in a lot of industries. Um, if uh, people aren't able to produce permits, you should always kind of, you know, um, push to try to get permits um, uh, if it requires, you know. Uh, again, you should educate yourself a little bit on whatever it is you're doing. Like, uh, I, I hate to to push the YouTube thing, but, you know, you should. You should YouTube a little bit about what you're doing um, and know a little bit about what you're expecting from your trades before you start phoning trades. I know sometimes we're phoning trades in an emergency situation. A lot of my, um, a lot of my work is reactive. Um, but uh, so reputation... Um, you know, is a big thing. WCB on larger projects, you can always get a hold of WCB. There's workers' compensation big, board for uh, workers' for compensation. The yeah, so you can always get a hold of them, and you'll always be able to find out if someone is registered with them. And you want people to be registered before they're working in your home on any construction projects, definitely. Um, so that's definitely one thing. All right, Jody. I just wanted to quickly go back to something that you touched on in your last answer. There, you were talking about permits. Can you walk us through the importance of that permits, where they come from, and, and why that's something that a homeowner should be really cautious of? Um, well, a lot of the work that we do does require permits um, and gas inspections. Any additions to your house, there's uh, very specific permits that we need to put in place for different things, and it all ties back to insurance. Um, so with permits and stuff like that, if contractors aren't able to provide you the permits or pulled permits, it's probably likely, um, that they aren't actually insured, um, properly in order to be doing what they're doing. Um, also the permits will protect, um, the contractor as much as they protect the homeowner. So if there is an issue somewhere, uh, down the road, if the permits and inspections have been done properly, um, it makes everything a lot easier when it comes down to insurance because everything comes back to insurance for the most part. Can you give me uh, either a, a real example of that, Jody, or a story that you've heard or exactly what that would look? Let's say like, you know, if someone were to do electrical work, you know, can you walk us through how that would look in a specific scenario? Well, we'll say in plumbing, say I came into somebody's house and um, uh, we did a renovation in a bathroom addition and we did a bunch of work and we added on a bathroom and, um, Later on down the road, for, for some reason, whether it be a failure in the equipment or maybe even, even um, I wouldn't go poor installation, but, you know, it's something happens and, and a flood happens. If we didn't pull the proper permits and didn't have everything in place and didn't do everything properly and there was a flood, um, it would cause a lot of problems for the homeowner um, to deal with that issue. Um, in the end, it's, it ends up turning into a legal battle, but if everything's done properly, um, things go a lot smoother. Um, not saying you won't get insurance. That end of things, I'd actually have to talk to uh, talk to an insurance person directly about to you know get details on that because it depends on your provider. But um, you know, you, you definitely want to make sure that everything is in place. Wonderful. So that gives us a really good a really good background of the things that we should look for. You know, uh, is there anything specifically? That if you were to see a tradesperson, I know a lot of this will kind of be inverse of what you'd previously mentioned, but are there some specific points to know that you're dealing with the right contractor, the right tradesperson for the job? Um, very detailed quotes, uh, very upfront about everything. Usually if you've got a very detailed quote, very upfront, um, are out on social media, um, are very easy to get a hold of, very easy to Google and find, you know, um, Google reviews, stuff like that are, are good. 
um, you know, uh, you, you know, being able to, um, uh, you can actually get a hold of the city too, um, if you need to, just to see if they have a business license, because there's mm -hmm. a lot of things that have to be in place, you know, uh, before, uh, before you can become a contractor in the city of Saskatoon specifically, but, um, you know, so those kind of kinds of things. I know we've talked about this off air and I did want to kind of touch on it here. The importance of someone being insured while they're in your house. Can you talk about what that is and how that pertains to a homeowner's risk when you have uh, a stranger who's doing work in your house? Yeah, that, that comes back to uh, workers' compensation. And um, if, 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 if a contractor is working in your house and they hurt themselves, somewhere in your, in your house, they fall on something or trip on something or they hurt themselves. If they're not covered by workers' compensation, um, I think they can basically come after you as, as the homeowner um, or as the contractor or builder or, you know. So workers' compensation is put in place to protect both the worker and the homeowner. So it, it's, it's basically to protect everybody involved um, and it is uh, a good way, like I said before, it's a really good way to find out if you're dealing with a legitimate contractor, because if they're not legitimate, um, they're not going to have these things in place. Like, they're, is, they, you know, what are the questions that I'm asking, Jody, to make sure that someone has that in place? Am I asking them if they're connected to the workers' compensation board or am I simply asking them or asking for proof and is verbal enough? Or am I going to need to see documentation? What what steps should a homeowner take in that case? Well, with bigger builders or with uh, with larger contracts, you can actually request a record of good standing from workers' compensation, and um, that can be given um, at any time. Um, I can, as a contractor, I can just go on the website, and if I am in good standing, I can just print off the form. Um, or they'll email me the form and I can print it off and I can prove that I'm in good standing. So it's very easy for people to, to get that information um, if, you, uh, if, if you want it. Um, nine times out of 10, if they're legitimate, they're out there, they're, you know, you see they're advertising, they have social media, they have websites, they have all of these things. These people, you know, are, are usually going to be um, you know, they're, they're usually going to be licensed and insured and everything's going to be done properly. Um, so the right know, contractor, it, the right contractor is going to know what to show you if you're kind of looking for those details. Yeah. And they're going to be there. They are, they're going to know what to show you. They're going to know how to talk to you. They're going to be able to give you documentation. They're going to be able to tell you what the permits are going to cost, what's going to be required of them. You know, they're, 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 you know, they're not going to hesitate to give you that information. They should be giving you copies of the permits. You know, when permits are supposed to be pulled before work starts, a lot of people don't know that, but technically before the work starts, you should have your permits in place. Um, if the work requires permits, and a lot of work does, you know, a lot of work does require permits. So Wonderful. I, I think you could almost sum that all up with a professional, someone who yes. understands their work, understands the cost and understands how to do business. And I think a lot of that could be encompassed by that. And I think that kind of mm -hmm. leads into our, our next question here. Uh, a lot of people want jobs done cheap, fast, and at a really good price. And I, I think it's it's really interesting to, to kind of go into this dynamic. And I think I heard uh, one gentleman on a podcast one time say, you can have uh, one of three things when getting work done. 
you can have, or sorry, two of three things. You can have it done cheap and fast, cheap and good, or fast and good. And But you can only have two of those because they often don't all align. I think I, I said that correctly. But if we're going to ask, what is the best way for a homeowner to know how to get the best price when they are getting a job done? Because no one wants to spend more money than they have to, but a lot of people do want the job to be done well at the end. Do you have any tips on how someone can approach um, quoting contractors? Well, every contractor is going to have a different price for different things. And you could get three or four different contractors in, and you should on larger projects. Um, you should get multiple quotes every time. And everybody is going to be different because within the code requirements, there's all kinds of different ways that we can install stuff into people's houses. Um, there's different quality of materials. There's different, like all of that. So the best thing you can do is be very, very specific about what you want. Hmm. If if you want to, if you're looking for the best price, if that's what your goal is, be very, very specific about what you want so that the people that are bidding are all bidding apples to apples. That's one of the biggest challenges in my trade is bidding apples to apples against people because there is a very big difference. There can be a very big difference in quality. Um, another thing um, is, um, you know, whether you, you've got journeyman people working in your house or apprentices. You know, is it journeyman people coming into the home or is it apprentices? That's another thing when it comes down to estimating. So there's a balance for that as well, too. Um, so if you want to get, that would be my advice probably would be, is the more specific you can be about what you want, um, the better and more accurate the pricing is going to be from the contractors that you're looking for. Um, so again, if you, if you want it done fast and good, it's going to be expensive because that's hard to do. That's committing a lot of time and a lot of resources to get it done. So uh, that, that, you know, it's true. You only get two of the three. That's, that's how that phrase, that's how that goes. I, I think I messed up the three, but I, I, think, I think you might have, but I think people can understand what I was trying to go for there. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to quickly touch on it because I think it was really good to have a detailed explanation of kind of what you want. I think that kind of goes back to what you'd said earlier is that as a consumer, there also needs to be some self-education, whether you're watching a YouTube video, whether you're touching base with a few contractors and having a really good idea of what you're wanting and the timeline of when you expect things to be done. And that might be really good to have all of that upfront in paper when you are having a disagreement perhaps with your contractor. Yeah, and have a written contract and review that contract all the way through the project. Um, make sure the contract's very detailed. Um, I would make sure that the contract is signed to protect both the contractor and the homeowner. You know, this maybe isn't required in every case. And lots of times you can do things verbally. A lot of my contracts are verbally, like to change a set of taps or, or do something like that. But in larger projects and in housing and everything else, it's very important to have a detailed contract and make sure that you're happy with what is being provided um, before you sign the contract. Um, that's that's probably one of the most important things. And that's something we always focused on was making sure that our contracts and our quotes were extremely detailed. And that process, we go through a lot of work on that process to make sure that everybody understands what is included and what is not. So... 
Yeah, and that has to lead to happier customers because if you if, if you get the service that you wanted on time and on budget, that's really what everyone is looking for yeah. when you kind of enter into a process like that. Yeah, and there's always bumps along the way. There's there's going to be disagreements and there's going to be, you know, uh, challenges along the way, especially when you get into renovating. Like that happens and that's, you know, and that's why we have those agreements. If it's outside of the scope or it's some kind of a surprise, you know, um, uh, you know, don't ever always leave yourself room in your budget. If you do have a budget when you're getting these quotes, always realize that there's going to be extra costs. Like it's it's uh, it's very rare that everything is set in stone and things go completely perfectly all the way through. You know, it does happen, but it's rare. So always leave yourself a little bit, you know, uh, just in case. Wonderful. Um, yeah. I want I wanted to quickly touch on this while I had you here uh, on the interview, Jody. What struggles are you seeing right now for contractors, and do you see it getting any better with the supply of goods and things that you need to to do your job? And I'll, and I'll kind of trust you to maybe try and speak on this on a very general basis. How hard is it for people to source materials, and what can people expect from timelines of getting things done? And, and does that tie into supply chain of of products that are available? Yeah, it does. It is getting more difficult in some areas to get products. Um, and I think it's going to continue with uh, some, I'm, I'm assuming it has to do with things in the United States, because a lot of our stuff comes from the United States. A lot of our materials and stuff um, are manufactured in the United States. Um, so we are seeing a lot of shortages. We see a lot of delays when it comes to things like acrylic or tubs, um, stuff like that. So um, I would make sure when you're looking at your timelines to allow more time than mm. usual. And most builders are doing this already. And most contracts actually will have this written in that, um, you know, that uh, more time may be needed in order to, to gather some of these materials. And I've been finding the more extravagant you get, the longer it's taking to get stuff. Um, not all the time, but I, I've, I've been finding it, uh, with the stuff that we've been trying to source, um, that that's that's what we're running into. So the lead times on everything are going up. I don't think it's going to get. I don't think this is going to improve. I think it, we're going to have to start leaving more and more time. As a contractor, what I try to do is stock a little bit more so that I do have some of this equipment on on hand. And I know most people will do that. Um, you know, most builders will do that. But in in the grand scheme of things, when you start ordering, you know. Um, I would definitely allow, I would, I would allow for that. Really great. And probably not what people want to hear, but an, an important factor, if you're planning that yeah. renovation to, to uh, allow yourself a little bit of that mental time to adjust for that. Last, second, or, last question. Or, Sorry, or ahead, order Jeremy. ahead of time. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Ron. Or, uh, or make sure that you're ordering way ahead of time. Mm. You know what I mean? When you start your planning process, you know, don't leave yourself two weeks to get all of your plumbing fixtures, you know, order, order your plumbing fixtures or whatever fixtures, order them eight to 12 weeks in advance, like make sure. sure you're giving yourself a lot of time, store them somewhere. You know, if it's if it's important that you have the stuff, store them somewhere if you can. Um, but yeah, that, that would be the best way to deal with that. And that's how we're dealing with a lot of this now is ordering way in advance. Second last word to you uh, here, Jody. Is there any other tips, tricks, advice you would give to someone who is looking for a contractor, doing renovation, finding a tradesperson? Any other points to add there? Um, talk to people. 
talk to people that have had renovations done, talk to family members, uh, talk to your friends. You know what I mean? Find out who they've used, if they've had good luck, if they haven't good, had good luck. Um, there's a lot of organizations out there that are networking organizations that you could probably look into. Um, um, so, you know, one like BNI, Ron and I are both members of that. So I don't know if we can bring that up or not, but, um, you know, so there's a lot of, there's, there's, there's lots of ways. Um, but again, like professionals, uh, web, having websites, um, having everything in place, having, you know, um, Facebook, having Facebook reviews, you know, making sure that, uh, these, these places are putting themselves out there and are easy, easily accessible. Um, at least then, you know, you're, they, they, they are legitimate. They're, they're trying and they're legitimate. You know, if they don't have any logos on their vans and you can only get a hold of them by cell between nine o'clock and four o'clock, then, you know, that might be a red flag. Sounds good. Awesome. Thanks for all of that great information, Jody. And we'll, we'll ask you for one more piece of wisdom. What advice would you give to a younger version of yourself if you could go back and, and have a chat with young Jody? Um, I would say when you start a business, the first thing you should do is start taking some business training, Hmm. start taking training in business, not in your trade. You've done your trade. You know, your trade. If you want to go into business, um, the first thing is take some business training. And the second thing is start networking. Um, whether you do it on your own or through a networking group, those are the two things that I would recommend, um, above all else is is uh is training and networking awesome really like it jody thank you so much for for joining us today if someone does have a need for uh some plumbing advice or they have a job in the saskatoon area that they'd like you to take a look at what's the best way for them to get in contact with you um we are online um anyone could uh, find us basically at uh, uh shorelinesk.ca um that's our website and uh, we're also on uh, Facebook um, and Google and everything. So we're pretty easy to find. Um, and we've been, you know, we've been around a while. So uh, that's the best way to get a hold of us. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jody, for coming on today. Uh, I really appreciate this topic because I think it's something that everyone has struggled with and will struggle with at some point, whether you're renting, whether you own, knowing good tradespeople and knowing how to find them is something that is almost a life skill. One of those things you won't learn in school. So I really appreciate your time and your input on this topic. Thanks for having me, Ron. Hey, thanks for checking out this episode of the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. If you like this episode and found some value, make sure to hit the like button. If you are looking for more content just like this, we air episodes every single Monday. So hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. If you're looking for more details on how to buy, refinance, or renew a mortgage in Saskatchewan, I would be happy to walk you through those details. Simply book a Calendly link with me and we can go from there. Details on that are in the description of this video or audio podcast. My name is Ron Caroni, your Saskatchewan mortgage professional. Until next week, bye for now.